Hello dear listener, welcome to Charity Chat. I'm your host, Samuel Davies. In this episode, I speak with Natasha Stone, Head of Emerging Markets at Just Giving. This is the first of three episodes with different interviewees focusing on the world of gaming for good or gaming for social good to understand what it is, how people are and can use it to support the causes and people they care for and about and uh, regular listeners will not be surprised to hear that Natasha and I met in a particularly noisy cafe. So apologies for the banging of the door uh, behind us when we were recording. There's the uh, entrance to the toilet area. It's quite a busy entrance. So we've done our best to uh, nullify that sound, but you'll hear a little bit. But I think it works quite well, hopefully, as a slow beat to the interview. And uh, it's a very interesting interview indeed. And so without further ado... Here is Natasha Stone talking about gaming for good. Hello and welcome to Charity Chat. I'm here in a London cafe with (laughs) Natasha Stone, Head of Emerging Markets at Just Giving. Hello Natasha. Hello, thank you so much for having me. So today we're talking about gaming for good and I don't know that much about this. Mm -hmm. So could you start by kind of telling us what it is you do in your current role? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I head up Emerging Markets for Just Giving. So that's looking at anything that is new and exciting that we might be seeing outside of the charity market that we can bring to the charity market. Um, Gaming for Good, by any stretch, definitely isn't a new trend. It's something that's been around for for quite some years now. And we've seen charities that have had year on year on year success with that. Um, But my role very much started by working with charities, um, heading up the gaming function that we had at Just Giving and working and developing that product alongside our charities. From this role where I then look after anything new and exciting and then my job is to be able to scope that out and find out the best way for charities to take it on board and make it as easy as possible for people to to take part and get started. Brilliant, and so when we're talking about gaming for good, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking like Connect for Monopoly. Are we talking about (laughs) that or are we talking about online gaming solely? I mean, why not? I think think when we we refer to gaming for good or, you know, uh, gaming for good causes and social good, what we are typically talking about and what we've seen is people playing video games in exchange for charitable donations. So that can be an individual or a team. Um, The question I get asked on a daily basis is why do people give money to someone playing video games? And I think what's really interesting when we look at gaming for good is it is an individual playing a video game. Yeah. They then w- they then might go on to stream that online on platforms such as Twitch or YouTube Gamer. Right. Now those platforms are actually set up to receive personal donations. Okay, right. So you could be playing um, Connect Four and you could be <laughs> streaming it online. Yeah. And I could go onto your Twitch page and say, oh, Sal, I'm such a fan. I watch you every single day. So good at Connect Four. So good Amazing. at Connect Four. I'm your biggest fan. You're so great. Here's 20 quid. Thank yeah. you so much. I might do this. Yeah, yeah. see, I'll, I'll donate 20 quid to you. <laughs> but that's the kind of principle. So yeah. then in theory, to change that ask from personal donations to charitable donations is actually a much smoother transition than most other types of fundraising. Sure. And the great thing about it is that it's something you can do remotely, you can do it with your friends by connecting online. Um, it, it's entirely limitless. Mm. There's no physical um, requirements for something like this. 
And, and that's what I love about Gaming for Good, is that it's a whole new segment, it's exciting, it's fun, it's something for people to connect and get together. Yeah, and it's, and it's actually accessible, it's something that people, they're already doing it, so in a way it's, I, I, love, uh, I, love, I love marketing, I love marketing, it's actually <laughs> and, and one of the things I like about it is, especially now, we're in this era now of being target audience centred, or a lot of places yeah. are, and a lot of charities are increasingly doing that. And looking around, seeing what your supporters are doing, yeah, absolutely. and then meeting them on their terms, rather than saying, "Can you do this thing that you've got no interest in doing?" Exactly. Oh, exactly. Like I am the worst runner in the world, and I used to get asked by every one of my charity partners, "Will you do a run for us? Will you do this?" And I was like, yeah. "No, I'll jump out of a plane, I'll bake you a cake, or you know, whatever. I'll do something else." This is targeting a whole new demographic, and yeah. I think the biggest question on, on everybody's lips and charities at the moment is, how do we grow? How do we expand our audience? How do we reach new markets? Our supporter bases are growing, you know, and, and that's the, co the constant thing that people are being targeted on is, how do we reach new markets? Yeah. Gaming is one of the largest growing sectors in the world, you know, even outside of the charity sector. It's overtaking music and film together, so it's becoming a lot more mainstream, and the fact that this industry is growing so much, and there's so much spotlight on it, charities have such a potential to be able to take advantage of that and, and reach out to new supporters and, and find new ways of being able to connect with these younger audiences. Yeah, and is, is there a kind of, do you think there's a possibility that as well as charities getting involved in the online gaming with their supporters, mm -hmm. that actually this could open more doors to um, working more closely with uh, companies that are maybe in the gaming space as Absolutely. well? Absolutely, yeah, and we've seen some really great examples of companies that do take part. You look at the likes of Creators of Assembly, um, um, Jagex and different companies like that, all of these games-based companies, they want to give back to organisations sure. that, that help the people that, that use their products. So for example, um, Jagex was a great example. They wanted to support mental health awareness because they felt that that was a big issue around their community and they wanted to be able to give back to that. So they fundraised and they supported their local mental health charities. But it doesn't just have to be a games-based organisation. It's a great way to be able to go to corporates and say, actually, instead of all of you running um, 10K, which uh, quite a few people would want to do, absolutely. myself included, unfortunately. Um, but it's a great way to engage the whole office. So we, we do an annual event for special effect every single year. We do the games, um, we do Games Blast. And it's the only time the whole office comes together. The tech side come out and they get all of their gadgets and they get all of their consoles set up. Yeah. Um, I'm being very stereotypical now, but the marketing team will make great posters um, and cakes and things like that. And so yeah. it, it engages with so many different types of organization. It's a really, really great way, sorry, to revitalize your fundraising portfolio. It's sure. something that many corporates haven't been offered so far. And it's just something completely new and it's exciting and it's fun. And if you could have a day off work to go and fundraise, play video games and eat pizza, yeah, I'd probably donate 100 quid for that. I think a lot of people would, wouldn't they? And yeah. it, it's not, <laughs> is it specifically a, a kind of a, an age related thing? Is it, are we talking about only for teenagers or people in their early 20s? Because I'm not, you know, I know it's hard to believe, listeners. I'm a pretty old guy these days <laughs> and, uh, and I still occasionally play computer games. Mm. I'm, I'm the thought of my young son growing up to a point where I can have another excuse to play video yeah, games with absolutely. him. Yeah, absolutely. if I'll be able to keep up by then. But you know, <laughs> I'm but, sure you could beat him at Kenex Four probably. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's my thing. But I wonder whether you know, is it 
is there a, a, a bit of a myth that it's for only younger people? Absolutely. Are you seeing more older people taking it on as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think when, when we look at demographics, I think it surprises a lot of people when I talk through what the average aim, uh, ages are. So a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions that it's 14-year-old boys in their room sure. playing Fortnite. And don't yeah. get me wrong, it probably is. <laughs> um, but there are more women over the age of 35 gaming than there are boys under the age of 18. Really? That's yeah. Incredible. We look at the average gamer age and it can be sort of mid-30s is, is mm. where we come in at. When we look at our Just Giving demographics, we know that on our platform, the biggest age group to create the most amount of pages is 18 to 25. Mm. But the people that go on to raise the most are, are the 30 to 40 bracket. They raise sometimes wow. six times more than that age group. Wow, but okay. I think the most interesting thing is the second highest, biggest fundraisers are actually the 60 plus bracket. Really? So, I mean, you're nowhere near that. I'm not quite there yet, no. <laughs> but, but it is such a broad spectrum of people, wow. and it's a pretty even split down the middle between men and women as well, mm. whereas we see other types of activities, you know, being predominantly male-based or predominantly female-based, the split is, is slightly more mixed here. I wonder whether, that's an interesting stat around the 60 plus market because I wonder whether, you know, I'm, I'm a fundraiser yeah. and, uh, and I've, I've got a lot of experience working with challenge events and I've seen firsthand that if you ask the, uh, the chap, or the chapette, that goes out <laughs> on a regular basis and cycles 50 miles for a jolly, they're not going to often, you know, not always, but often, they're unlikely to do a 50 mile cycling event and raise 500 pounds mm -hmm. because that's what they do, you know. Yeah, but if course. you find somebody that never does cycling events, that's mm -hmm. up for a new challenge, they're the ones that will fundraise. I wonder Absolutely. whether the same can be said for different groups of people when it comes to gaming. So yeah. you know, if you went to your, your grandmother and said, Grandma, for charity, will you do this, uh, play this game for me and we'll record it and it'll be great. Whether she might do, maybe I make tell you what, there's, there's a fundraising ask there. Nice you know, it could be um, pensioners play. I don't know, something like something that. Like I'm stereotyping that. my grandma. Oh, definitely yeah. a pensioner. But <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners, you know, there's an idea for you. There, we won't yeah. coin it. You can have that for free. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, and, and you're, so you're working for Just Giving, and you there's this there's this. Am I right? It's called Gaming for Good. Is that right? Gaming for Social Good. Gaming for Social Good. Okay. <laughs> and what does that platform look like? What are, what are people? Um, see when they go to the website and, and want to set up a Yeah, absolutely. So we've got several several different areas of our website. So predominantly you won't see a massive change. So that's what we wanted it to be. We wanted, we didn't want gaming to be um, a completely separate product. We wanted it to be that you are going to be treated just the same as our running fundraisers, just the same as our cyclists, because it is a valid fundraising method, sure. just the same as everything else. Sure. So when you go into Just Giving, you go to create a page, there's now a category section that highlights gaming. Yeah. So it's great for fundraisers because it means that they get identified so that you can give them the support that they need, because they do need slightly different support to a runner. A runner sure. will need running tips, yeah. um, a gamer would want to know what streaming integrations you have. So it's okay. just, just different needs and, and yeah. being able to manage those need states. Um, what we also have developed though is the Just Giving Gaming Hub. So it's a separate website and I, I said we didn't want to keep it separate, we've kept it slightly separate. Um, and the idea of that hub is that charities can go there and get the complete lowdown on a one page of what gaming is because the biggest feedback we've had from fundraisers and charities alike is that fundraisers don't feel supported because they feel game that charities don't know what gaming is. Okay. And it's a really valid point and charities come to me, I have about 
easily 15 charities a week come to me saying what what is it what do we need to do yeah, so yeah, the hub is designed to give advice for charities but also to give advice for fundraisers so there's a huge huge resources section that will tell you how to integrate your gaming and your fundraising page so if you're someone that's never done this before um sam it could be you could be coming could online be yeah. you could come on select a category <laughs> it will give you a full um step-by-step -step guide on how to get started with images with video tutorials so it really gives you everything you could possibly need and the great thing about the hub is it's it's something for charities to use as well so instead of you having to sit there and understand every single aspect of what a gamer lifecycle needs sure. you can refer them to the hub you can give them the resources we've already created so we're trying to make this as easy to access for charities as possible yeah. so that they don't have to reinvent the wheel they don't have to go back to university and get a degree in gaming to understand okay. how it works <laughs> you know they can take this product go off the shelf and say yes we support you we want you to fundraise for us we want you to do it through gaming and this is everything you need And is it that people can use any kind of console and, and any kind of um, any kind of game to to make this work and as a fundraising mechanism? If if I you know decided to uh, load up my N sixty four, I don't know, know what that is. Nintendo no, sixty four. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you had me there, Natasha. I'm going to keep this in as well. There you go. But Nintendo 64 and played Goldeneye. That's yeah, the best sure, game ever made, I think. Yeah. That's my era anyway. <laughs> but if I want to play that, do I have to be online or, or, or No, not? so there's two very different sides to when we look at gaming figures. So when we talk about it, we talk about it in one sort of package for people to understand at a surface level. Going slightly deeper, they're two very separate things actually. You have gaming for good, which yeah. is the act of playing video games, sure. and streaming for good. Okay, so the right. streaming aspect is where you take something online and you broadcast it to people yeah. live. So I could take my games online and that is the traditional method that we okay. see people gaming at sure, the moment sure. is that they're playing video games online. Yeah. You don't need to have that aspect. Or we've seen people knitting online, we've seen people yeah. baking online. So if you want to do your coffee morning online you yeah. can stream that. It's all about how we, you know, head shaves online are great. Wow. So there's different ways to be able to engage with it, but the great thing about gaming is that you don't have to have an expensive console, you can stream it. Most games are free to stream from your laptop, so you could do it from work, uh, as long as it's endorsed by your boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it on any type of console, so you don't need to go out and spend £600 on a, on a console to be able to do that. And I think the nice thing for charities is they don't have to pay to have a physical event, they don't have to pay to host anything, it's done by the individual in their home in their own time. So yeah. the great thing about Gaming for Good is that it's a relatively risk-free entry to market mm. because you haven't got high overheads, you haven't got a high ROI that you need to meet. Um, it's a great way to just test something out and, and make sure that people have fun at the same time. Are there, um, on your site, on your platform, or have you seen elsewhere any kind of ethical issues that are being dealt with in terms of the types of games that people play and any other, is, is there any kind of advice that charities should be giving to their supporters yeah. about what they should and shouldn't? So for example, I can imagine uh, Vice City, which is, you know, <laughs> kind of renowned, you know, for, yeah, of for lots of bad stuff. Um, which I've played as well, mm -hmm. and uh, and you know maybe not wanting to have that linked ne next to my charity's name. Of course, and I think out of anything, that's the biggest question that comes back when we get down to these conversations. It's it is what games do we advise? What do we suggest? Etc. Um, Etc. Et mm. 
It's really hard to police that type of activity. The best thing that charities can do is offer an advice section on their website or on the fundraising activity to sure. say, you know, we, we don't associate ourselves with these types of games or, or whatever you don't want to be associated with. It's good to state that out from the beginning so people have an idea. Yeah. At the end of the day, gamers will play what they want to play, especially when you're talking about gaming influencers and celebrities. Absolutely. Most of the time they're renowned for playing one specific game. Yeah. So if you want to attract their audience and their network and their reach, unfortunately, you're going to have to go with what they like. Um, Warchild are a really great example of someone that have tackled this issue in the space actually because they're, they're a charity that help children in, in conflict and war situations so for them to be associated to a game that has any of that type of behaviour you know, would, would raise questions but they're actually pioneering in the space. They work with um, a games company and what they do is they actually raise awareness for peaceful gameplay in game and it's on their armistice campaign yeah. so what they'll do is instead of you buying a weapon you'll be able to buy a snowball or, or, or some sort of, sort of yeah, activity like that yeah. it's incredible what That's they're doing idea, yeah. and so actually you're not just using games to raise money but you're actually using games to raise awareness of your charity cause and also change perceptions in that marketplace yeah. you know the games industry has traditionally been um, first-person shooters and, and these types of games but if we're bringing in to question how does that affect children in this situation what does that do and we're giving people the channels to be able to say actually no I do care about that I want to go and support this cause we're highlighting the issue and then showing them a solution to help try and fix the problem as a community how long have you been working on this for is this oh god it feels world? like it feels like forever I mean, um, it first came up on my radar sort of two years ago when a lot of the gaming charities I was working with just as an account manager said to me, you know, what integrations do you have? What can you do to support us? Yeah. And to be honest, I was a gamer back in the day. It, right. This was like pre... What were your, your favourite games? Oh, no, because I'm really going to show myself out now. I, I said N64, you know, that's, that's <laughs> I mean, aged me already. So. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot was my jam. Okay, uh, yeah. That was my thing. Yeah, Spyro, SSX yeah. Tricky, uh, Street Fighter. Street Fighter, yeah, that's silent. God, there were too many, but SSX Tricky was a personal favourite. What's that about? Have you never played it? I don't think so. It's, it's like um, a snowboarding game. You have to do tricks and you're going okay. down the mountain. Yeah, and, yeah. Right, it's not like a traditional die-hard gamers game. Right. Um, obviously, uh, Call of Duty and Halo and all of those. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I've played Call of Duty quite a bit. And I suppose there are things like, because, um, yeah, think of the, kind of the uh, experiential, like the World of Warcraft things and yeah, things like that. Yeah, I was a big RuneScape gamer when I was younger. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then I got, someone stole all my armour and I got really tainted by that, so I didn't oh, play no. it. <laughs> and them, wherever yeah, they are, like, oh, maybe they're listening God. to this. <laughs> um, but, oh. but, yeah, so it's, it's, it's sort of been a couple of years in the making now, but sure. I, I feel that... We launched the hub in February of this year. That was the first time that as an organisation, you know, we'd gone out to the market with an offering. It's something that we've done on a one-to-one -one basis with our charities over the last okay. couple of years. Sure. Um, what we did this year is we managed to find some charities that really wanted to pioneer in this space, wanted to try some new activities, and we worked really closely with them to ascertain their needs, to speak to fundraisers, to speak to donors and see what they needed and make sure that we provide the community and, and the charity sector with enough tools to be able to go at this and give it a really good shot without having to know the ins and outs of everything sure, in, sure. in the gaming world. So yeah. that was where we came out from the angle. We were very much um, educators in the space. We were here to facilitate and make it as easy as possible. So. Okay aggressively in the last six months <laughs> but for the it's last two busy. years oh god yeah. yeah up at night sleepless nights grey oh, hairs no. wrinkles everything <laughs> and, and what have you seen over this time in terms of you know are there successes 
learnings, challenges that you've had to overcome getting this going? Yeah, absolutely. We've learned, we've definitely learned the hard way on a number of campaigns. There are there are some keys to success. You look at the setup of certain events such as Macmillan's Game Heroes or Special Effects Game Blast where they do a 24-hour, 48-hour live stream marathon and right. they ask their whole community to take part and it's a okay. real community drive. Yeah, yeah. And these types of campaigns can raise anywhere over sort of 220,000. So we really see that type of activity working. But it, every every single use case is entirely different because it, yeah. it's dependent on so many different factors. Much the same as any other type of fundraising. Have you got the right demographic of people? Have you marketed it properly? Have you got the right call to action? Mm. Have you given them enough time to get prepared? Have you given them the resources? Are you supporting them properly? Sure. The thing with gaming is you need to look at it like any other type of fundraiser with a few additional things to consider. Right. So you need to make sure that the stewardship and the comms and they're looked after as much as any London Marathon fundraiser would be, for yeah, example. Yeah. Um, so that's where we've seen some successes. Um, challenges again has been you know perceptions in the market of how people see gaming. Mm. We're quite fortunate in that gaming is becoming more mainstream it is more talked about it was sort of something your brother did in his room and no one ever spoke right, about yeah. a few years ago yeah, whereas yeah. now we are seeing stadiums fill out across the world you know sporting arenas filled with people watching it's esports. incredible isn't it yeah it's, it's amazing and it's what yeah. it's the way the market outside of the third sector is moving so we need to keep up with it otherwise we're going to fall behind mm. so i think that's really where we've seen some successes also in terms of celebrity and gaming influencers we touched on it briefly but you have some individuals like Syndicate, for example, raised £163,000 for MNDA um, because he had a really personal connection to the cause. And you see other influencers. Edwin Castro raises over 45000 on on multiple different charity pages that he sets up. So not only do you have an opportunity with your everyday fundraisers that go out and you know raise the 100 to £250 that we see on these pages, mm. but you also have these stellar, stellar people and organisations that can go on to raise you know hundreds of thousands of pounds in a, in a mere matter of hours because their yeah. campaign goes viral so there's so many different um, entries to market with this type of activity that makes it a really exciting way so it might be that you don't have the donor base but you actually have a really high profile um, celebrity ambassador that does gaming or you might not have a celebrity ambassador but you might have a corporate that's a gamer or that is a tech company that wants to do gaming so it's looking at the different contacts you have already to see how you can utilize that to get into the market and it sounds like because you were mentioning earlier you know and I think this, this made a lot of sense to me that it sounds like a really good option for corporate sponsors or corporate supporters yeah, because you know it's kind of open to everybody as long as you've got the technology available to you and I imagine you know it's not too hard to find not too hard to get no, so absolutely yeah that could be, could be a good way of linking a lot of people together to do yeah. some kind of marathon gaming thing or exactly competition that. or, or you could others. do you know quite a lot of corporates we've spoken to have done a FIFA tournament yeah. or a gaming tournament where you have IT battling against marketing against finance right. and you have yeah, that yeah. internal competition anyway <laughs> I certainly do at my office <laughs> whenever we have um, Game Blast with Special Effect we go against yeah. different corporate partners and we will always want to be at top of the leaderboard so I say to my bosses you know oh, come on with 50 pounds so is that off kind of, of a montage scene of you guys training to do this is there absolutely yeah. this is definitely I mean it's, it's 12 months in the planning I will not be beaten by any other company Sega and I think Sega's beaten us three years in a row and it still breaks my heart oh, a little no. bit every time yeah. mind you they probably should be right because they're in the gaming industry themselves. yeah I do agree but next year's our year I'm it <laughs> Natasha Stone, thank you for contributing to thank Charity Chat. Thank you so Chat. much for having me, how exciting.
big thank you there to Natasha Stone for speaking to Charity Chat about Just Giving's gaming platform. We hope that Natasha will speak to Charity Chat again at some point. Uh, there's plenty more to talk about. Uh, the audience for gaming is huge, and Natasha highlighted that gamers aren't always who you think they are. I guess on some level, we all like to play games, and perhaps gaming for good is the vehicle for getting this type of play, engaging support of great causes in a way we haven't seen before. There are some really great insights here and a compelling case for support um, for gaming for good. Perhaps you have already used gaming for good or think you might have a go now. Either way, please do uh, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so a big thank you to Natasha Stone. Uh, and of course, you, dear listener, you give us purpose. Thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Charity Chat. Also, a big thank you to um, our corporate sponsors, Giant Squid Audio Lab, for sponsoring our podcast kit, Magda Aksumit for beautiful website design, charitychat.org.uk. Check it out. RR Yard Photography for the lovely pro bono images that they've provided us with on our website. And Forrester Fools, who have been playing throughout the show and are playing us out right now. That's it. Thanks very much. Speak to you soon. Cheerio. Bye. Mm-hmm.